Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so excited to come to you today with a new episode with my sweet friend, Laurie Orman. We are sitting in your house, Laurie. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for asking me to do this, and it's great to have you here in my home this morning. I I wish all of you could just look around and see this beautiful home, and we have worship music going and a cup of coffee. (laughs) It's a great way to start the day. Uh, I'm in town here in Bentonville, which I love, Northwest Arkansas. I spoke at your church last night, and we just had a a time of worshiping the Lord together. And so thank you for the invitation, and thank you for allowing us to come into your home and to record this podcast. Absolutely. Um, It's good to have you, and we so enjoyed you speaking last night. Oh, God is good. God is good. good. So you are on the Inspire team, and you've been a part of that team from the very beginning, right? Yes. We were just reminiscing about that. Yes. Time gets fast, so and I'm just um, blessed to be part of it. It's a great conference, and um, I see the Lord using it in the state, and just glad to be a part of such great things. I love that. Well, tell us about you. Tell us about your family. Uh, just a little bit about Laurie Orman. All right. Well, I was born and raised in Camden, and uh, I was an only child, and uh, I went to Washita. Graduated from there with a degree in art education. Uh, moved to Fayetteville and uh, taught uh, in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, met my husband here at a church in Fayetteville. And we have been married for almost 18 years. And we have a 16-year-old named Emily. And we have a 14-year-old Sarah Kate. So uh, that's just a little about me. I Ever since I had Emily, I stepped away from teaching and really got involved in Bible studies at our church. And through that, uh, I served on our Women's Ministry Council uh, for, I guess, four or five years. And then for the past eight years, I've served as Women's Ministry Director at First Baptist Bentonville. That is so exciting. And I had a firsthand look last night at your incredible team of people. I love how you have drawn so many people into the leadership process identified their gifting, and then just empowered them to go out and to lead and serve. And so it's a well-oiled machine, and um, that is just definitely uh, a result of your incredible leadership and just wonderful ladies willing to step in and help. Yes, well, I appreciate your kind words, but I always say I stepped into a really good situation because the women's ministry, I guess over 20 years ago, was just set up really, really well, and... Uh, so I'm glad that I got to you know step into something that was very established and uh, I do have a great team of women who um, serve women so well godly uh, women who are encouragers and and I do try to you know spot their gifting and and put them into those ministry roles so, so good so good well uh, this year on the podcast, we're talking about stories of hope and how we all have a story of hope because of Jesus, because of our relationship with Jesus. And so we want to hear your story. Uh, take us back to the beginning. Take us back to when you met the Lord and and kind of trace uh, his hand of faithfulness in your life. Right. Well, 
I was uh, raised in a Christian home. Um, my grandparents on both sides were Christians, and um, so I grew up in church from the time, I think I was two weeks old, I was in the church nursery, <laughs> and um, just um, when I was in high school, I had really, really, really great uh, youth ministers. In fact, I had two of them, one in junior high and part of high school, and then one my junior and senior year of high school who um, were just great leaders, great teachers, uh, and I built strong relationships with them and their wives, uh, and was also very, very blessed to have this same Sunday school teacher from sixth grade until my senior year of high school, wow. which is very unusual. That is rare. <laughs> and um, she was such a godly lady who uh, would always, she just wanted to get to know us, but whatever we talked about in the beginning of Sunday school, she would always tie it into scripture. Mm. And it was so God that it always tied into the lesson that we were supposed to be learning uh, that day. And so I'm just very thankful for just a strong foundation just in, in my home, but also in my church and with um, strong leaders who pointed me to Christ. Um, when I was eight years old, I had three of my really close friends uh, get saved. And I remember the Sunday night that they were baptized. And I remember watching them in that baptistry getting baptized. And I kept thinking, that should be me. Mm -hmm. That should be me. I should walk that aisle because I know I need to get saved. And that's really when I feel like the Lord started convicting me. And I think I was in third grade at the time. And... Um, I didn't get saved until I was 11. Wow. And so there were three years there that I just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I remember laying in my bed at night thinking, Lord, I need to accept you as my Savior, but I'm just not ready. Mm -hmm. And I remember from, from that time on when I was eight, going to church when they would give the invitation, I hated it because I felt so convicted. And I would even hate it like at VBS or in Sunday school when it would get serious and they would like bring up salvation. And it just made me so uncomfortable. And I remember uh, one Sunday night, my parents were visiting with some people and a lady came up to me and she said, I, I was probably nine or 10 at the time. And she said, I'm praying for you that you'll get saved. Wow. And my face turned as red as a beet and it made me so embarrassed and so angry. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember just being resentful toward her. And looking back, I think, I don't know why at such a young age I was so resistant to the Lord, but I was. Uh, and then when I was 11, we had a lay renewal at our church where, I don't, I don't know that churches do that much anymore, but a church from Bossier City, Louisiana came for a weekend uh, with our church and had a revival. And I had a... A teacher, and her name was Noni. She was an older lady. She's probably my age, like looking back, I thought she was like <laughs> 85, but she's probably like the age I am now. But um, I remember uh, just the influence that she had and the teaching that she had, and I just thought, I gotta get saved. There's no, you know, I can't wrestle with this anymore. And so it was that weekend that I talked to my parents and 
Uh, I talked to our pastor, and I got saved, uh, I think, with my parents and the pastor there. And then that next Sunday, I walked the aisle and told everyone that I had been saved. And I remember it was the biggest burden Mm -hmm. lifted. I felt like that I could just, like, fly because I was just so joyful and excited and... Um, you know, I feel like that, um, I, I, I lost that, I guess, really, even in my college days, mm-hmm. even going to Washita Baptist mm-hmm. and being around Christians, um, I was a good girl, but I wasn't like seeking after the Lord. I wasn't, um, in a super close relationship with him, but it wasn't until I moved to Northwest Arkansas and I was really on my own. And that's when my faith became real to me. You know, it's like, am I going to take everything I learned growing up? And is it going to become my faith? Yes. Um, And it wasn't until then, in my 20s, 23, 24, 25, that I really started having a consistent prayer Mm -hmm. life and reading my Bible and tithing and all of that. Um, So... That's so good. It's the reminder that it's a spiritual journey. Right. And for our listeners, as they're thinking about their journey, and I love that about sharing our stories, is that it glorifies and honors God, but it also leads us to some introspection and mm-hmm. to some thought, like where are we in our journey? If you are resonating with Laurie's story, and maybe you're in a place where you were just resistant or you are resistant to the Lord, I just hear mm-hmm. her testimony of faith that as she surrendered to Jesus and, and you know asked Jesus to save her from her sins, there was such a burden lifted, mm-hmm. and that is something you can do right now as you're listening to this podcast, as you confess your sin and I trust Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of his sin, free of your sins, and experience that new and, and free and full life. But maybe uh, the other part of Laurie's story is resonating with you as you're just thinking about how I'm not walking close with the Lord in this season. And so I need to develop those consistencies in those quiet times because I think that brings so much joy and peace into our life as well. Right. So I sure. uh, love that. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. And I know that's been an encouragement to all of our listeners. I'm wondering about, you know, as we just go through our journey and we have different challenging seasons there, you know, the longer we live, the more challenges we face. But tell us about a, a time in your life uh, where you've experienced a challenge or maybe you are experiencing mm-hmm. a challenge. Um, what I was just thinking about as I was sharing my testimony, a big part of my testimony is that I didn't get married until I was 30. Two. I can't think about that in a minute. I was 32. And to me, I just felt like I was an old woman. And that was something that I really, if I'm being honest, I really struggled with the Lord about that. Because I was a bridesmaid Mm. so many times, went to so many bridal showers, and wanted to be married more than anything. Um, And so even though I did struggle with the Lord, I also, I think, developed a really close relationship Mm. with Him through that, through that struggle. And I'm thankful that the Lord provided a godly husband for me, you know, more than I... I had a list of what I wanted, you know, (laughs) and and Steve was... He just was everything that God knew I needed. So, so thankful for that, but... Also, just a recent struggle in my life, Um, almost two years ago, I started having really um, intense, excruciating pain in my neck, Uh, and I had known since I was a little girl, I remember at like age four or five, 
always thinking, I have trouble turning my neck. My neck bothers me. And um, it didn't hurt, but just always turning my head to the right was always a struggle. And I remember, like, in college, like, friends giving me a hard time about it. We laughed about it. But two years ago, uh, it became, like, a real struggle. And I could hardly turn my head to the right at all. Uh, and I was having, like, severe migraines that started in the back of my head and just really, like, debilitating pain. And... Um, I would go to my doctor and he would give me pain medicines and we kept upping the pain pills and did nothing to touch the pain, nothing mm-hmm. to help the problem. So then he started me on muscle relaxers, went through three different kinds of those. They did nothing to touch it. And um, this past February, I just had a day where I was in so much pain and struggling so much with my neck that I went to urgent care and I said, can you do an x-ray? Can you do an MRI? Because I want to know what's going on. And um, I had mentioned to my primary care doctor, I said, I think I might have cervical dystonia. Mm. And he would say, he would always say, that's very rare. I doubt you have it. And so he sent me to physical therapy and, you know, all these different medications. But I had the... MRI and the x-ray that came back normal uh, and around that time uh, I asked my dad about my grandfather who I never knew he uh, actually passed away when my mom was pregnant with me mm-hmm. but in all of his pictures his neck was like caught back and um, I asked my dad so what what did he have and my dad said he had dystonia and when my dad said that wow. I thought I have it. (laughs) That's what I have. And uh, what dystonia is, is a neurological movement disorder. And so there's a part of my brain that is constantly telling my neck muscles to spasm. And so it's just a constant struggle to hold my head straight, to hold my head up. Uh, And with that, because when your muscles are not working right, it causes pain and causes migraines and all of that. Um, so my uh, primary care doctor referred me to a neurologist who diagnosed me with this in March Mm. and he said there's um, only one thing that we can do to help it and that's Botox Wow Uh, there is a last resort surgery that I could have but it is a last resort but um, so I had a Botox treatment um, in April and it did absolutely nothing to help mm. and I had one uh, about a month ago and I had five or six really good days with that but since then your body absorbs Botox and it's just a matter of you know getting the right doses and the right muscles mm-hmm. at the right time uh, so I'm still praying that the doctor is gonna you know master this uh, to give me relief but um, it really has been a struggle because when you're living in chronic pain yes. and chronic uncomfortableness and you can't hold your head up straight, it yes. affects everything. It affects your walking. It affects your driving. It affects like simple tasks uh, mm-hmm. that I have to do around the house. And the only thing that brings relief is just to lie flat. Mm-hmm. The minute I lie down, like it all um, disappears. Um, but I know that 
God has allowed this in my life, even though mm-hmm. I don't like it, I don't want it, I wish it would change. He hasn't changed that diagnosis. Uh, and um, I also have to believe, because I know it's truth, that nothing touches my life that hasn't first filtered through the hands of God. Uh, and nothing is ever wasted. God always has a purpose in our pain, whether it be mm-hmm. physical or emotional or mentally. Yeah. There's always a purpose for it. And, um, you know, I think it's a test. It's a, God uses this to refine me, to purify me, to sanctify me. Uh, and I have, like, grown in my relationship with the Lord um, just in this struggle. And I know that God is working all things together for His glory yes. and for my good. And so that's my comfort in that. Um, you know, I heard years ago, I think it was Dr. Charles Stanley said, ease, comfort, and pleasure never develop Christ-like character. Wow. It's through the pain, it's through the struggles that when we depend on, or I do, when I depend on the Lord for my next breath, for my next step. Uh, and so I can say that I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, and I did not tell people about my neck. Mm-hmm. I, I told few close friends, people that know me really well, but I never did anything like on, I never told our church, I never told my small group, I never um, did anything on social media about it until uh, about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And um, when I did, the amazing thing is how many people in our church and in our community Mm -hmm. and people that I grew up with reached out to me. And they said, why didn't you tell us this? We would have been praying for you. Why have you kept this a secret? And um, it's just been so beautiful to see how much people like care. I never told my small group because I thought, oh, are they really going to pray about this? Are they really going to even you know, think about this? And um, it's just been amazing to see how God has provided people uh, to minister to me. And here's what's so amazing there's a lady in our church that has the exact same thing. I wow. It doesn't affect her neck, but it affects her um, her eyes, mostly yes. her mouth. She's unable to drive and things like that because yeah. of dystonia. And uh, she has just really been an encouragement to me and sent me cards and sent me texts at just the right time. And then I also connected with a college friend of mine who has cervical dystonia and um, it's just neat how like I was just like holding all that burden like by myself and my family Steve just got like the worst of me uh, and my girls but when I shared that just um, the relief that I felt that people do care and people will pray and people ask me all the time you know how's your neck and it doesn't bother me that they ask because it shows me that they care that's right so. and I love that about the body of Christ and just a community of believers to live authentically and vulnerably yes. with and how that really you know we talk we hear it in Galatians where we're called to bear one another's mm-hmm. burden and right. you know and as we do that it just it just reminds us that God has a big picture plan mm-hmm. and that He's working and he's providing exactly what we need in the moment. Yes. And so I'm so thankful that you shared. And, you know, somebody right now may be dealing with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we haven't talked a lot about that on the podcast. So what encouragement would you give them in the midst of just a long marathon kind of journey? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's something until something touches your life, you don't understand how other people feel, you know, and 
I've had some really close friends that have like migraines and you know go to all different kinds of doctors trying to find relief and um, I think it's just made me be more sensitive to other people um, when they are going through something whether it's chronic pain or whether it's a trial or something really really hard in their life it's just made me understand better you know um, that I can relate to them I you know I, I know what it's like um, to struggle um, and so just having you know telling people having the yes. body of Christ yes. pray for That's you so and not just hold it all in yeah. you know so good so good so freeing and how mm-hmm. the Lord designed for mm-hmm. us to live life together so we are praying for you and well, trusting the Lord you. for healing you. and restoration and for you know however he chooses to do that right. that um, right. we're in agreement with that right. so there are two percent of people that have this wow go into remission okay uh, and so I'm praying that I'm in that two percent yes. I'm yes. also praying that the Botox is going to work yes um, I do think it I do think it's going to work uh, I'm very encouraged that it will. So yeah. Okay. Well, that leads us into our next question, which is just how do you see God working in your life right now? Um, well, I would say just um, in brokenness and in sadness and in pain, uh, leaning into Him. Yes. And, um, you know, our, our church has been through a lot of really difficult um, situations recently and... Uh, just realizing that the only person, the only thing we can hang our hope on is Jesus. That's right. He's the That's only right. one. That's and right. so I think he's teaching me that. Yes. Don't put your trust in man, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, don't look to your husband or to friends to um, be your God. Yes. Only yes. God is God. That's right. That's so... so- such a great reminder because I think we can get into a comfortable, easy place mm-hmm. with God and and forget that we're created by Him to be in relationship with Him. And that central relationship has to ground us and then we're healthy mm-hmm. and able to enjoy the other relationships. Right. And, and also exactly. just to remember we live in a fallen world mm-hmm. and sin is real. Yes. Uh, but praise God, sin does not overwhelm mm-hmm. our God. He is the way maker. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. Thankful for that reminder of, of refining and how he brings purpose to the pain. Right. So so good. All right, we always end our podcast with this question. You mm-hmm. know what's coming. I can't wait to hear your answer. But uh, tell us what inspires you. Um, well, I have given that some thought, uh, and I would say really what inspires me is knowing people in my life who. Um, most of them older than I am, uh, who have walked with the Lord Mm. for a long time and have a steady walk with Him Mm. and handle situations well Mm. and people that serve behind the scenes, uh, not looking for a platform or a stage or for the applause of man, um, but just people that humbly live their life for Jesus that's what I want to be, yes, yes. you know, and so I think that's what inspires me to just love Jesus, and I want others to see a difference in my life. Yes, well, so, and they they do, we do, and I'm so about, thankful for that. I don't know that. about that, but thank you. <laughs> and you are serving behind the scenes with Inspire Women's Conference. You're 
helping with the vendor area, which we're yes. so excited. Ladies, as you come to Inspire, you're going to have a wonderful experience uh, from the very beginning to the very end. We have the day kicking off with a party in the parking lot, which is a new feature. So come ready to just um, enjoy some fellowship time and worship time, muffin and mingle in our vendor area. We have Mary and Martha, um, Dayspring, Inspire Merchandise. And so you're helping to organize yes. all of that. So we're so excited. I'm going to throw a question at you, okay. and I know you'll be ready for this. Okay. But what do you love about Inspire Women's Conference? Um, well, I love uh, coming together with other women. And I also feel like that the speakers that we have every year at Inspire are just spot on for what I'm going through in my life. It's like they're always like speaking to me. Uh, I love connecting with women from other churches, yes. like seeing where they're from. You yes. know, what, what town are you from? What church are you from? Uh, I love that. And I really do leave there like inspired. I feel like I always like driving back to Northwest Arkansas, I always like speed back because I'm like, so excited <laughs> yes. from uh, what I've learned and what I've heard. And I also want to say Darla Baird, the speaker this year is phenomenal. We've had her at our church a couple of times, and um, you don't want to miss it. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a great day. So. I'm so excited. Well, it will be here soon, ladies, so we need you to register. Uh, you can go online at absc.org inspire to find out all of the details. I actually checked the numbers just yesterday, and they are rolling in. So we're going to have a great crowd it may be a sellout crowd. I think women are so ra really ready to just gather mm, and to worship. Sure. And we, we are actually seeing lots of church groups already registering and lots of new women will be there. So we are so excited. So uh, if you have not registered yet, we encourage you to grab a friend, grab a neighbor, grab a sister, grab a group from your church uh, and come to Inspire and just know that God is going to work in your life. We're going to talk about hope, sing about hope, share stories of hope, and we all definitely need to be reminded about the hope that we have in Christ. And so, Laurie, thank you for joining us yeah, today, sharing you. your story, thank and for you. all the things that you do um, at your church, in your community, and across our state. We're so blessed by you. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on here today. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.